Merry Birthmas, Alex. Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. It has been two weeks, and we're back. As scheduled. As scheduled. Look at us, sticking to plans, meaning our words. Making commitments and following through. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you guys know how proud I am of all of us. Yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty proud of us, too. It's been a while since we've really stuck to our guns on things, and look at us. Here we are. On chairs. Recording into microphones, just the way that people <laughs> like it. And we have all of our stuff this week. We do have all of our stuff this week, so there's not going to be some weird echo going on in one of the mics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you can just hear the sultry sounds of Sam's AC, mm. as God intended. <laughs> just listen to that sweet, sweet noise when it's 105 degrees outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Uh, how's everybody doing? Alex, how are you? I'm great, thank you. That's that's you're, wonderful. You're, you're only great. Uh, is there anything well, better than great? Yes. There's amazing. There's stellar. There's flawless. There's. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it just I'm keeps doing going. Stellar. Stellar. Okay. All right. She went from great to stellar. I like it. I'd say that's at least a two point jump on the on the okay. scale there. How yeah. about you, Sam? I'm doing solid. I got no real complaints. Oh, solid. This one I didn't even like consider. It. Where's yeah. that falling solid, into the scale? Solid's good, man. I got I got no complaints. I'm just kind of uh, coasting along in this new world where I never know what day it is or how long I've actually been here. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a that's a thing that I go through also on a regular basis, and I can I have a project due uh on the third and i just keep losing that's what, track like, that's what like three months away <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. yes and i just keep losing track of what day it is and realizing that that project is just inching steadily closer and uh it's not done yeah. aside from that how have you been palmer i'm good my nipples are really chafing right now i got a new shirt i haven't uh-huh. taken it through uh the laundromat yet or the the downy it needs that fabric it softener. Needs the softener you know i'm kind of disappointed in the quality the contents of the shirt will be just... revealed later that's what we call foreshadowing everybody did did, did uh, that happen after one wear or have you been wearing this I'm, shirt for like i literally six just put this shirt on this morning and i have really just never understood the concept of putting band you know how runners put band-aids, band-aids on their on nipples their nips, yeah, yeah. I've never understood that concept until now, mm. and I'm not running. I'm just fat <laughs> and, in an, and in a very uncomfortable shirt. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just crushing, under the crushing weight of immense amounts of stress with the move and a project and session and... A baby. Don't forget a baby. the baby. <laughs> yes, the mm-hmm. baby. Well, the baby's actually, he's been pretty good, honestly. He's He's... He's he's turning into a real boy. A real boy. Um, he's sleeping better. He's 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 gigantic. He is gigantic. Yes. Uh, he's that's a big boy. Well, I mean, you're a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> is anybody? <laughs> and, and considering, so like, my mom was like, what, maybe three inches taller than you? Sam? my mom was a short lady. Right. And I mean, if she's three inches taller than me, she was five eleven. That's not really. Are you short. really only five eight? Yeah, I'm five eight. And she was probably about your height. Me? How tall are you? Five two. You're five eight. Yeah. Dude, what person has been lying to you your whole life? <laughs> There's no way you're five. Apparently, eight. every doctor I've ever been to. Is he five eight? 
I wouldn't have guessed five eight, but I guess I can agree. Where what, what would you place Sam at if you I had to guess right a now? Lot, so that's I would have said like problem. five six maybe. Hmm. I would have put you at a at a hmm five five maybe. Everything is short to you when that's you're looking true. down upon us from that your true. yeah, because he's taller than me from your is rarefied he? giant's yeah. hair. Yeah, he's taller than me by like a good four or five inches. Oh, okay. Well, but everyone's taller than me. So my mom was probably your height then. We're sitting down and you're towering over us. <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that, like, considering that Kelly is pretty tall for a woman, yeah, he's going to be taller than me. I have a feeling. Oh yeah, because I was taller your than my dad. Your kid is exactly what I envisioned your kid was going to look like. Me. Just giant. Yes, you and giant. <laughs> I've never seen a child that's really just like... I really tried to entertain Kelly but for the longest time saying, yeah, he's, he's got lots of your features. Mm. But I've never seen a kid that's such a carbon copy of one yeah, parent. Yeah, that kid looks just like you. It's kind of You crazy. need to just talk to my dad and look through our old family photos. <laughs> Me, him, and his dad. It's just like a straight fucking line. Yeah. Well, you're, we get shorter your, mom every and Bre- your mom and Brenda look pretty similar. Like when your mom was young... Yeah. Like really young? Yeah. She looks exactly like Brenda. There's a there's a photo floating around of me of me when I was like maybe two years old. And my dad I'm standing next to my dad and he's standing next to his dad. Mm-hmm. And you can just draw a fucking line and like circle the faces, they're identical. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely bizarre. Well, apparently it happens more often than I, I like to think. I just I, maybe I've never really noticed it before. Right. That genetics are a thing. That genetics are a thing. <laughs> yes, hmm, exactly. Interesting. Exactly. In our age of not believing or remembering science. Yeah. Uh but we uh we recently took to the social medias. Mm. We put a poll up on the social medias. Because uh, there's been even more corona cancellations. We'll outline the details of those in just a little bit. But yep. uh they're starting to get kinda ridiculous. The like cancellations? I, yeah, I just feel like they need to, like, like movie theaters just need, or uh, companies need to cut their losses, right? And just mm-hmm. release these films. Because now we're getting pushed back, like, into another year. Yeah. yeah. These films that are finished and in the They're can and ready finished, to go. Yeah. We're not even going to. So I feel like the hype for them is going to die down. I feel like you can't, like, drum up that hype again. I yeah. don't know. We'll see. But we put up a poll asking people. Uh, if they would prefer that films go to VOD or go to a theatrical release, we had a couple of good responses. Well, one, let's let's just start off with the fact that uh, overwhelmingly people just said release it to VOD. Yes, mm-hmm. please. Uh, I'm I believe, in that camp. I believe uh, Instagram was completely one-sided. Twitter was the closest to being 50-50, but it ended up being 60-40, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Facebook, uh, I believe that was also overwhelmingly one-sided for VOD, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. Um, but we had a good response. One of them comes from Dino on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, they're, they're good friends of ours, actually. I, I would consider them good friends of ours <laughs> at this point. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll listen to this episode and be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like guy he totally all. misunderstood me, and also, he's a dick. Yeah. Uh, that, that would, I would actually be more surprised if he was like, yes, we are friends. <laughs> uh, but he chimed in, and he said, I don't have the time nor the money to see everything in theaters, so VOD would be nice. However, I do wish the best for the industry, uh, particularly horror, horror cinema. So financial profit, uh, profitability is more likely with theatrical release. Perhaps they will rethink their business plan and put more into production of films and not so much into marketing so better products can be made throughout. This led me 
down a little bit of a rabbit hole okay in terms of marketing so i looked up you know marketing trends with recessions mm -hmm. so historically speaking and i mean We've all seen it, or at least Alex and I have seen it at the companies we've worked for. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you guys are the marketing gurus. But <laughs> marketing budgets tend to be the first ones to get slashed. You're right. Right. But this one article said that companies that, uh, so Forbes came out with this article that basically said that companies that continue to advertise heavily during recession. Or even increase their yeah, advertising. Or increase mm -hmm. their advertising, take advantage of the fact that advertising, uh, I guess purchasing advertising is lower right. at that point yeah uh they tend to be standout companies one of the ones that they cited was post okay uh, yeah, post and kellogg yeah that they both kind of got started during the great Depression, well, a little bit before <laughs> the great depression mm -hmm. and they continued to advertise heavily during the great depression uh they were one of the few companies that did and uh they're they're like a staple mm -hmm. in american breakfast cereals what was the first one you said post, post. Okay. Post cereals. Post cereals. Yeah. You know, uh, Fruity Pebbles. Oh, okay. Cocoa Pebbles. All the Pebbles? All, All the Pebbles. pebbles. Yeah. The, the Pebble Posse. I, th I think the difference, though, what you're seeing with, like, movie theaters and studios, if they want to release to, stu uh, to theaters and not mm -hmm. to VOD, they got no reason to advertise because they can't put anything in theaters. I think they can still advertise on like streaming platforms, like like like. Yeah. But they're going to advertise these movies for a year. If all these movies are getting pushed, oh next yeah, year. Well, yeah, yeah. So you you would you would really limit the advertising range, but I feel like the scope of the advertising doesn't have to get minimized. Like I think if they were going to do more VOD releases, mm -hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense to just like really lean in and throw ad money at it. Mm -hmm. um, just because there's so many different services where mm -hmm. it could potentially end up. Um, and more seem to pop up every other week. Right. Um, but if they're really holding out for movie theaters, there, there's no reason for them to have any ad spends right now because the movie theaters aren't open. I drove past um, Short Pump mm -hmm. today, and it's the first time I can think of as an adult where even on a you know, middle of the day on a Sunday, that parking mm -hmm. lot was empty, and it was so bizarre to me because... For a second, I had to stop. That's and what think. the regal over there, yeah. right? Yeah. Like for a second, I had to stop and think, like, why is nobody at the movies? And I was like, oh yeah, COVID. That's a thing. So it's not even open. No. Oh, it's not open. Mm -mm. Oh, I thought it was open. Um, didn't Bowtie open back up? Oh, I don't know. I think they did, but I think they're only showing like older films because they can't get newer <laughs> ones now. Right. Um. But I don't know. It's an interesting thing, and it's been a topic of discussion for us. Pretty much since this whole Corona thing started, right? Um, but it's just one of those things. It's it's interesting to see that the demand is there for it, yet theaters continue to push films back. And I understand, you know, they don't recoup as much money, but maybe there is something to be said about cutting your your marketing budget on some of these films, mm -hmm. putting that towards you know making the film or putting that towards uh, I don't know just recouping your losses on the movie in general, right? You know? Uh, and then just see how it does. Yeah. I think we're gonna. I think regardless of what's going on, if if Corona is here to stay, and this is kind of the the norm for life going forward, at least for the foreseeable future, mm -hmm. I'm basically comparing it to like the Spanish flu at this point. Right. So we got a couple we more got years. A couple more years. Yeah. I mean, it's not gonna go away, but there's gonna be vaccines of some sort that it's it's going to be treated like. A flu. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but that's not but, happening but it's for gonna at least take another six Yeah, months. it's going to take a couple of years. Yeah. Well, the vaccine will come out, but people will not be able to afford it. Yeah. 
uh, first off. And second off, like, insurance is currently, most insurance companies are currently trying to say that they don't even need to cover it. Yeah. Because um, it's an act of God. <laughs> Can you believe that shit? But uh, you mean, like, most illnesses? Yeah, right. Yeah, how is but, that any different from, like, polio? Because, because, so there's a... Because there's insurance a, companies need to make that sweet, sweet money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Top Hat covered this really, really well, and I'm going to butcher the explanation, but apparently there is a loophole that exists in um, medical, medicinal patents that says that if it's something that affects less than 10% of the total population, Mm -hmm. you can jack up the prices of something uh, based on the fact that it becomes a niche uh, market. Okay. And so the company that... Patent, that has the patent right now on the vaccine for coronavirus patented it when it was like when there was only like a hundred thousand cases. Okay. So it was a very niche mm. thing, and as a result, they want to charge almost seven grand per vaccine. <laughs> so I'm gonna take off your mask and go start licking things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like last uh, episode we told them to wear their masks. Yeah. And the, <laughs> but now I'm looking ahead. <laughs> and the uh, owner, the owner of the company. Um, Came out and said that he thinks it's a reasonable price, that it's a fair price. $7,000? Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, Pharma Bro 2. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, basically that's right. what it is. Like, that's basically what it is. Was that guy named Martin Scarelli? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. that fucking and I can't. Bag. I can't remember the name of the company. I'm going to have to look it up, but I'll, I'll post it is in it the Novartis? details of the cast or something. What? Um, is it Novartis? I, I honestly can't remember. I got to go back and listen to the episode of Top Hat mm. and see... Uh, what was said there, but uh, yeah, I had done some research after because I was like, "This has to be horseshit." These right. guys are just like lighting lighting fire right now. Dude, don't no, don't. it's one hundred percent true. Yep. Like, if somebody says something bad about any insurance company, I don't care what the insurance is for, don't doubt it. <laughs> well, so and, and, yeah. and then you know, so we've got the fact that this that this vaccine is going to be obscenely expensive, but then on top of that, insurance companies are fighting to not have to cover any of this. Yeah. So people are gonna basically. Long story short. Even if a vaccine comes out, it's going to be a long time before it's yeah. like mm-hmm. available on a big enough scale hmm. um, for everybody. So it's going to be a couple of years. If this is going to be the new norm for the next couple of years until either this thing dies out or we get a vaccine going around uh, in large enough quantities to make a difference. I think, uh, so what's going to happen? Are we, we're not going to get the new Matrix movie until 2025? They, no. I mean, I th- we're not going to get a Candyman film until 2025? They're like, going to have to. Whether they're doing it now or not, I think that if this lasts much longer, they will start. Because if they don't, they're not Maybe. bringing in any money, which yeah, means they're going to exactly, fold. So exactly. at some point, they at some point they're going to have to be like... And, and I think that might be what we're seeing, because all the movies that got pushed got pushed out to like next summer or later. Mm-hmm. I think that's their like end point. If it's not fixed, like, by, if then, it's not fixed like, by then, they have to put stuff out on VOD. Like otherwise, they're going to fold because they just won't. They're not making any money. Off I this guarantee stuff you, right there's g- there's going to be tentpole stuff that they're going to sit on. I don't think we're going to see John oh. Wick until th- theaters open yeah, back up. And, I mean, Horror stuff, with, I think like, we'll see. We'll see a Conjuring yeah. th- three, I think, on mm-hmm. VOD. And like same with the Matrix when that comes out. Like any yeah, any tentpole franchise, they'll sit on. Like you're not going to see a. A Marvel movie goes straight to VOD. That's not going to happen. I actually would argue against that. I think I think we would be more likely to see a Marvel just because, movie just no. because of Disney Plus. Um, That's true. Plus, yeah. people are going to pay to see it anyway. Look how much they forked over for Hamilton. Well, they basically yeah. created a fucking Disney movie to get Hamilton on that streaming platform yeah, or uh, a Marvel movie. 
And I think if, uh, you know, they do a couple movies and they see how well they do, perhaps people will be more inclined. To yeah. Play, I think I, there has to be some sort of precedent there. Yeah. And we've already been seeing it a little bit mm-hmm. with Invisible Man and stuff like that. But uh, I, think, I don't think that those movies have the draw that something like a Marvel film. Or well, I think you're also going to see a change in how they measure like success. Su- not only success, but just like the box office numbers, because every... Everybody measures their box office numbers and predictions and projections based off of like opening weekend and then first mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. But if you're going straight to a streaming service, like it's not opening weekend. Well, I don't no. think you can necessarily measure like Friday, think- Saturday, Sunday if you release the movie at like midnight going into Friday. I think they're going to change how they measure them and what's considered a success at that point. Maybe. I think they I think we are still going to see those kinds of films like what for instance what they did with Invisible Man where they release it you know, for a limited time and you get to basically rent it for mm-hmm. one viewing. But they got to lower the price on that. It was, what, 20 bucks? It was expensive, yeah. It was like $20. Yeah. More expensive than going to a theater. For, yeah, yeah, they just need to charge for a standard movie ticket price and I think people will be a lot more inclined. Well, I assume standard movie ticket price changes based on where you are in the country, though. It and, does, but I don't think there's anywhere. Maybe outside New York City or L.A. where you're going to be paying $20, $20 for one ticket. Are like, they thinking that that's supposed to be like two people? Yeah, that's the that's the point like, of it. Okay. Is that you're and paying you're they can't limit who gets to watch it. Yeah. But so like ninety five percent of the movies I watch, Mary won't watch. Yeah. I go to the movie theater by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they still only get that like yeah. ten to twelve bucks out of you. That's true. Um if they do that and like all of us pay the ten to twelve bucks to watch the movie on VOD mm-hmm. or even fifteen and all three of us are watching it, then they've essentially making, lost two ticket sales. Yeah, lost $30. Yeah. Um, but but if, they so don't, if they don't put the movie on VOD, then they lost $30 because we're not going to the movie theater. Right. That's <laughs> the thing. If you're going to charge 20 bucks for a movie, I'm going to go and like set up time to watch it with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. But you do that with enough people when the idea is like, limit your social interactions. Exactly. We're not supposed to be hanging out with tons of people. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Um, so if you have some some thoughts on this, write in, let us know. Post up on social media, let us know. Do you think that the landscape of this is going to change? Are we going to see more VOD movies? Are we going to see marketing and, and production budgets start to go down in order to meet demand on VOD? And how do you think that companies are going to promote this in the future if this is something that is here to stay? Um, we're going to skip the next thing because we got a whole bunch of stuff on this list and a very limited amount of time today. Just super quick because I have to do it. It's okay. Shark Week's coming back. And Iron Mike is fighting a shark. Yes, he is. It'll yeah. be it'll right be before right before he gets back into the ring. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see. Uh, next up, some local stuff for us. Uh, I was on the RVA subreddit, and uh, a user Melancholy Kid posted this up on the RVA subreddit. Although it looks like a Facebook screenshot, so it's possible it came from that. Uh, he posted up. I'm proposing if Halloween is canceled, kids just dress up. And sitting for their front lawns, and adults drive by and throw candy. He put hashtag yeet the treats. <laughs> so first of all, great hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. A um, plus hashtag. A plus hashtag. But isn't aren't kids in costume? I, how many do you think percentage wise are like there's a mask included in their costume? I guess that's true, huh? So like I feel like that's actually a safe thing for kids to do because they're either with their immediate family. Or they're in like a real small group of like three or four kids total. Mm-hmm. But then and you they pass tend to all have... the other kids when you go up and down the stairs mm-hmm. in like popular neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. There's like and maybe be, that's what it is. This isn't like a particularly popular of, neighborhood. Yeah, there'll be like six groups of children at like one house. See, ours. I remember the last two years, or at least since since we've lived here, 
Does this neighborhood is this place? This neighborhood is shit for candy. Or for, well, no, we've actually ours is, ours is really bad too. Like, we've, we haven't gotten a whole. We have decent traffic. Mm-hmm. Last year was lower than the first year, but that's because it was also like raining, like oh, on yeah. and off. Um, hmm. But we've we've had like a decent number of trick or treaters, um, and it's at least from what I've seen, it's usually just like kids and their parents. It's not you know a group of kids, and they're spaced out well enough where like. I feel like it's actually one of the safer things for people to do. But what, yeah, if, feel, what well, if they walk up to your door, but instead of knocking on your door and standing there, mm-hmm. maybe they knock on your door, kind of like DoorDash does, where like they'll knock on the door and put your food down. They knock on the door and take a couple steps back, and you just open the door and start chucking candy I'm just saying, at them. Do I still mm-hmm. get to throw candy at children? Because that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> eat I, those treats! Because I, I think it's, uns- I think it's unsafe to drive around in a neighborhood with a bunch of kids that are like out and about. Because what happens if... like? A piece of candy doesn't quite make it to where the kids are, oh, and, and they, they get, get up and go mm. into the street and get hit by mm. the next car. Well, I guess they die. <laughs> <laughs> the things you do for candy. <laughs> they become legend. <laughs> yeah. Eat the treat legends. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm going to be real disappointed if Halloween ends up getting turned into a shit show or canceled. Or Especially because the both of you, this, did you guys, did you and Ben do anything for Halloween last year with the mm-hmm. baby? No, I dressed him up. But he was like, yeah, he was like five days old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so like this is this is like the first Halloween for both of you guys as parents. Yeah. Right. Even then, it's. I mean, well, no, because by that time the kid should be walking. Yeah, but he probably wouldn't like being outside with all those. Yeah. People. He, he probably my mine would probably get all spoopied, and he really gets grumpy before if it's like after seven. So yeah. Like yeah. What just... time are we trick or treating at? at <laughs> I'm out there like three thirty. Yeah. Well, no, they, they usually. I mean. Let, <laughs> They start at like five or five thirty. Oh yeah, no, we go to bed at six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just—it's going to be a real missed opportunity with a full moon and Saturday. And the Saturday, and I'm sure the kids will do something. They're going to have to. They're going to have to rebel. They're going to have to launch fireworks. They're going to have to piss off the the local governments and and just make Halloween the mischievous holiday that it's meant to be. Make it great right? again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maha. Maha. <laughs> Wait, no. Ma- Mahaga. 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 Yes. Thanks. That's, I said what I said and yeah. I meant it. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to talk about some horror headlines? Yes. We got two weeks of headlines ready to come at you. Oh, first no. things first. First thing is first. Shutter has officially announced the third season of Joe Bob Breaks. It's uh, he's even got a summer special coming <laughs> coming in less than a month. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, the Friday night episodes are are a staple in my household. I know you guys aren't aren't quite as enthralled with him as I am, but I uh, tune in from time to time when I remember. <laughs> That's the hardest part is when I remember. Plus, I've also been going to bed really early on Friday nights. Hmm. Well, you are an old man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the third season will air sometime in 2021, uh, and then they detailed a little bit about the uh, summer special that they're they're planning on pushing out there they're calling it the summer sleepover it's going to be a double feature uh it's going to be pre-taped well it has <clears> been pre-taped prior to quarantine and it will be uh something to do with with they're bringing adam green involved or uh of uh hatchet fame okay 
uh, into the fray. So I can only imagine that one of the films that they will be showing is probably going to be Hatchet. That would yeah. be sad if it wasn't. <laughs> Please come and talk with us, but not about your movie. Right. The uh, special <laughs> episode will premiere on uh, Friday, August 13th, or 14th, sorry, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Joe Bob's always fun. We'll keep you apprised of any details as he uh, releases his his third season coming up here in 2021. Hopefully that won't get hit with the corona cancellation. <laughs> uh, next up, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor got poster art and... We got a dope teaser for this movie. Yeah. Red Band Trailers for Life. Yeah, absolutely. So this movie, we talked about it once before. Uh, one of our listeners brought it to our attention. God, what, like eight months ago probably at this point? Um, and uh, it's been on my radar since. It's got, one, I love the the way that they've stylized the uh, yeah. the title for this film. Yeah. And I really, really think that it's great. I think the the poster art's great. It's gripping. It's It doesn't really give a lot away. It's... Kind of genuinely scary. It's creepy as fuck. <laughs> the trailer is fucking yeah. bloody. As yeah, it is. Man. It is. It really looks like he's embracing his father's legacy with this Dude, one. This Hell is yeah. without a doubt on my 2020 hype list. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, it, it's made its rounds already, kind of in the festival circuit, and pre well, festival hype has been pretty significant for this one. Yeah. Um. The rest of us, us plebes, are finally going to be able to check this out, though. Neon, which has a pretty stellar pickup. Uh, Dude, I think I've liked almost everything that they've picked up off the festival circuit. Yeah, they've got they've got a pretty great uh, what backlog of films, I guess that they've that they've picked up. Um, so when when they're backing this, mm. I've got a lot of faith in what's coming. Um, they haven't announced any terms, anything in terms of date, though, right? Oh, no they, no, they haven't. So we just got the teaser trailer, which is pretty fucking awesome. You should absolutely check it out, and I'll include a link in the podcast description. But if Neon, since Neon did pick it up, Neon's usually pretty good about not holding on to things for too long. Right. Um, so we should see it this year. I certainly hope so. I think Neon is also one of those, it's a small enough um, company to... Be willing to throw something like this up on VOD, on VOD. I was just and not make that. it into a big deal. Yeah, uh, and I will gladly fork over the money to watch this one. This I'd watch twenty bucks to watch this. Uh, yeah, I would. I don't know about twenty, but I would definitely throw in fifteen. <laughs> it's just an extra five dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my yeah, breaking that's point. That's a third of the next movie. Alex. Yeah, exactly. Well, if we all watch it together, then it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, that's I guess true. that's true. Then it's five dollars. Uh. Next up, this is the end. Actor Jay Baruchel has produced, directed, and uh, he starred in a movie called Rack- Random Acts of Violence, which looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, this one actually got brought to my attention back while we were on our on our hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some stuff getting posted up on uh, the horror subreddit, Dreadit, that uh, included some screens and mentioning the fact that this was going to be Jay's first outing as directing. And, uh, man, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It does. Uh, so the film comic book creator Todd Walkley, uh, who's played by Jesse Williams, his wife Kathy, and assistant Aurora, uh, they, they own Hard Caliber Comics. Uh, and owner Ezra is getting ready to embark on a road trip 
from Toronto to NYC Comic-Con, and bad things basically start to happen during this journey. People start getting killed. It becomes clear that there's some sort of crazed fan that's using Tad's, Todd's Slasherman comic as inspiration for the killings, and as the bodies pile up and Todd's friends and family become victims themselves, Todd will be forced to take artistic mm. responsibility. Interesting angle. Yes. And doesn't it have Jordana Brewster in there? So yeah, dude, how do you skip favorite? over her? I do, I do like Jordana Brewster. It's <laughs> nice to see her... Uh, Back, I feel like the last thing we watched her in was the faculty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's nice to see her uh, back and embracing the the horror genre. Well, I mean, when you have such a successful movie like the faculty, you, you know, right? you got you gotta you gotta you gotta. Own I think up that to you're talking eventually. in sarcasm, but I think that you're right. And no, I fully caved no. when, we, when we covered the faculty that <laughs> okay. I that I enjoyed that film. That's right. I did. That's right. I do uh, remember that. Uh, so this one's going to be a Shutter exclusive in the U.S. and U.K. and Ireland, uh, and it's going to be premiering August twentieth, twenty twenty. Hell yeah! Hell but if yeah, you happen Shutter. to live in Canada, you get to see it before us. Oh really? Yeah, well, in I guess Canada. Jay it's July thirty first. Yeah, he's got to give it to his people it's first. His people yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, next up, we <laughs> we might be getting a cover my eyes bird for box. this one. Called Mallory. It's in some stage of development. <laughs> Apparently, it's based on on I guess the book. Yes. Um. Much like the first movie. Much like the first the movie. Just much much like a lot of movies are are in fact yeah. based on books. Uh. But uh, I don't know anything about the sequel. It's. I, are you guys excited for this? Uh, Bird Box was okay. No, I didn't understand. You, guys, you yeah. guys know my position on that movie. Yeah, yeah. you didn't like it. Um, I thought it was fine. It, I'll probably watch this because it's going to end up on Netflix, and I'm going to just turn it on one day when I've already kind of exhausted all the other stuff that I have. Right. I'm going to watch it, but I'm already gearing up to hate it. See, I feel like it came out because it came out around Christmas time, right? And yeah. I remember it was one of those movies that like my whole family could agree on. So in that way, I love it because trying uh, to pick a movie for yeah. your whole family is very difficult. Because well, everybody loves Sandra Bullock. I love Sandra exactly. Bullock. That's why I was so disappointed in this. Yeah, it was fine. It was okay. Yeah, it was fine. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I. It's not something I ever plan on watching again, but I'm yeah. I'm not glad, you know, angry that I watched the movie in the first place. <laughs> so apparently, apparently, this follow-up book slash movie, uh, Mallory, who is Sandra Bullock's character, right, uh, finds out that someone she thought was dead might not be dead. My money's on her husband. I hope it's Ooh. her husband. My money's on the husband. Uh, but apparently, there's rumors that people have been able to like capture whatever these invisible monsters are and like run tests on them and create like even worse scarier weapons out of it i don't know of course because that's sounds... exactly what people would do it sounds weird <laughs> i mean it, no that that's that's exactly what it sounds like if you try to turn a horror movie out of everyone's gonna have to get a covid vaccine and it's gonna microchip you and the government's gonna know where you are exactly what up bill gates where you at <laughs> <laughs> right? Totally joking. Bill Gates isn't a bad guy. Uh, His wife, though. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, what? I thought you were about to dish some like serious some uh, tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was getting ready to settle down and have myself a crumpet while he explained <laughs> what was going on. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I guess people are going to be excited about that. The last one was a huge hit for for Netflix, so. We'll see what happens with that, I guess. Uh, Don Mancini's <laughs> Chucky TV series finally got a teaser. Oh. And that's going to be coming to uh, USA and Sci-Fi in 2021. The teaser uh, was literally just a teaser. It's Chucky yep. chuckling in the background while the, a camera pans through what looks like a toy store. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, which looks like a Toys R Us in particular rip Toys R Us. It does look like a Toys R Us. Uh, another thing we drove past today. They haven't taken the signage down. Of the big Toys R Us? Yeah. 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 Um, but it is. there's already signs on the door saying Spirit of Halloween. Spirit of Halloween. So yeah. I'm just waiting for them to throw the banner <laughs> over the Toys yeah. R Us sign. <laughs> um, Chucky, the TV show, has been described as a fresh take on the franchise that will explore Chucky's character with a depth that is uniquely afforded by a television series format. Uh... After Chuck or after a vintage Chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale, an idyllic American town is thrown into chaos when a series of horrifying murders begin to expose the town's hypocrisies and secrets. Meanwhile, the arrival of enemies and allies from Chucky's past threatens to expose the truth behind the killings, as well as the demon doll's untold origins as a seemingly ordinary child who somehow became this notorious monster. Wow, interesting. Yeah, we're going to get some origin story on So Chucky. I'm totally ready for this to actually be like really, 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 really good. Mm-hmm. USA's get, stuff has, then, has been pretty good. And yeah. then get canceled after two seasons. Well, I don't know. They're still going. Are they still going with The Purge? Yep. Didn't The Purge yep. get cleared for another season? But The Purge isn't tied in with sci-fi also. That's true. So that's why either but this is going like to get USA canceled after would... two seasons or USA is going to like finally, they're using sci-fi for the money up front. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to pull it over to USA completely after sci-fi is like, nope, we're done. Maybe they're just going in on it together to see how it plays out. Because that is if a it plays grace. out well, USA will be like, all right, we'll keep it. That is a saving grace for USA. Their shows tend to run forever. Yeah. That is true. That is true. Um... We're looking forward to it. Jennifer Tilly's back. I mean, it seems like the whole cast of regular uh, franchise faces <laughs> mm-hmm. from that series will be making an appearance. Um, I love a good origin story. I love a good Jennifer Tilly, so I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything but a good Jennifer Tilly? No. <laughs> Nobody can convince me otherwise. Uh, so we'll, we'll hopefully get more details on that sooner rather than later. Um, <laughs> this one. This one is is interesting. So we a while back we reported on the fact that uh, the Walking Dead was going to be giving Rick Grimes his own movie trilogy, trilogy of movies. You're right. Ten yes. years. Yes. Ten yes. years of content. <laughs> Move over, Lord of the Rings. Uh, and so Robert Kirkman has come out and said that this pandemic has been a blessing because it's giving them more time to get this movie right. Fuck you, Robert Kirkman, <laughs> and your fucking dumb fucking movie. <laughs> You know what that means, though, is that like he was totally happy and prepared to just release this giant fucking turd. Yeah. Because yeah. he was like, People whatever, it's Walking it. Dead money. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. But now he's like, actually, we we have the time to make a, a decent movie now. Yeah. Uh, so he said there's tons of stuff going on behind the scenes. I don't want anyone to think that we're just kind of waiting around for this <laughs> pandemic to end. I would imagine you'd be thriving in it because you write stuff about pandemics, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, if anything, the pandemic is going to make a lot of movies better. I think the Rick Grimes movie is chief among them. Chief. That's... that's chief. Boss. Hmm. Boss. <laughs> Just because we're getting a lot more time to cook this thing and make sure it's perfect. Um... You're going to add too much salt and it's going to be garbage. Probably. As we've reported, this has also been affecting the TV show uh, with with AMC basically saying that they're going to air everything except, what, the last two episodes, right, Mm -hmm. for the next season. And then they're going to make those into specials because because they can't air those because they didn't get complete before they had to shut down production. (laughs) So... We'll see. I don't know. The Walking Dead. Is it dead walking or is it is it actually Jesus. just, you know, see what you did there. Coming back to life. We'll oh, see. Oh no. <laughs> and somehow we'll see. it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> uh this one I thought was a little bit of fun. We're just gonna blow through this one real quick. The WWE paid tribute to Mid Samar 
with a poster event for their horror show. Uh, horror and pro wrestling, you know, they're not they're not exactly apart, right? With the Undertaker always kind of being right. kind of spoopy and, <clears throat> and Kane was kind of spoopy. Other stuff, yeah, Kane was kind of spoopy. Uh, the horror show at Extreme Rules is is going to feature a. A couple horror-themed matches, uh, including a swamp fight <laughs> between cool. wrestlers I've never heard of, and uh, an I heard, for an I heard match. Of one of them. Also between wrestlers I've never heard of. I wrestling. I I when I watched wrestling, I was a kid. I haven't followed it at all. I knew Bra- I, I had he- I've heard of Braun Strowman. I don't know who the other person was. So the eye for Ray an eye Wyatt. match. Uh, the yeah, eye for an eye match sounds particularly juicy because it's. Uh, the I only way to win the match is by ripping out your opponent's eyeball. I'm really curious how they're going to do that. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. That's uh, they're going to rip each other's eyeballs out, Sam. But Rey Mysterio wears a mask. Well, he'll figure it out. No, he's he's a luchador. He's going to have to take off his mask. He's gonna, yeah, he's going he's gonna to have to take out an eye, too, it's Sam. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. I, uh, I probably will tune into this. Won't? Just for the fun. I said oh, will. will. Okay. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Is this one of the like the pay per view ones? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. As long as it's not like twenty five dollars, I'll probably. So you'll pay twenty for that. I feel like wrestling pay per views are like yeah, they're always super expensive. Yeah, I still feel like they're like fifty, sixty bucks just like UFC and stuff like that. Maybe paper pay per view events are really expensive. Yeah, they are really expensive because I remember when I was a kid and into wrestling, like I wouldn't be able to watch them because they beat they would be like forty bucks. Yeah, forty bucks back in like the fucking nineties and early two thousands was like. A lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's why like me and my friends would all get together at somebody's house and we'd all like pool our money together and then beg somebody's parents to pay for it. Right. I don't it's know. A, it's seventy bucks. We have thirteen, so it's cheaper. Take our thirteen dollars and cover the rest so we can watch this, please. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, next up, because everybody's looking for stylish mask options, horror fans have a good one to choose from. Uh, back in May, artist Rob Sheridan launched a line of masks called Movie Monsters. They're protective face masks, perfect for horror fans. Uh, basically, <laughs> to wear out during the p- pandemic. Mm-hmm. He uh, just launched uh, Series 2, which features a facehugger design, Critters design, uh, Pennywise the Clown design, a Hannibal Lecter design, uh, both the, his mask and uh, the moth from Silence of the Lambs. Yep. And then, of course, just for Batman fans out there, we've got a Joker and a Harley Quinn, specifically from the designs of uh, Batman the Animated Series. Um, the masks are 7.5 inches by 4.5 inches. They're selling anywhere between $14 and $20 each, with a portion of the proceeds of each sale being donated to the, no- the national nonprofit organization MedShare, a charity that recovers surplus medical supplies and equipment from U.S. hospitals, manufacturers, and re- redistributes them uh, to needy hospitals in developing countries. Um, I like it. Looks like fun. We'll include a, a link over to the Threadless uh, hosted site where you can purchase the mask if you are interested. I have purchased one. I got the for facehugger. Nice. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, next up, Tales from the Hood 3 is on its way. <laughs> I uh, remain an adamant fan of this series in spite of the fact that Tales from the Hood 2 was not very good. Uh, it has been rated R, and... Uh, I don't. It's, it's got Rusty Candiff and Darren Scott returning to write and direct, and uh, apparently Tony Todd. And Tony, yes, Tony Todd is involved as well. No plot details are available at this time, but we will definitely keep you prized of the details. Uh, next up, we're allowed to finally <laughs> talk about go. it. 
Because here it's supposed go. to be here in four weeks. Mm. Here we go. New mutants. <laughs> oh, God. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. Okay, go the, ahead. The trailer looks exactly like I'd expect. Yes. Uh, the poster has a lot of not only Dream Warriors comps, because that's <laughs> apparently what this movie is mostly being compared to, Yeah. Um, but also looks like they pretty much ripped off Steve Father 6 from Stranger Things. Yes. Um, I so, agree 100% with that. So there's a lot of that. Um, apparently, uh, they... they they did like a, a panel with all the actors and actresses and they Alex, talked about Alex looks visually upset that we're, so still, that we're still talking about uh, this they said that uh, they, and they showed a bunch of fan art that was created by fans of the show or fans of the new mutants which begs the following following question how many drawings can one person do at a time <laughs> Apparently 40. Um, the opening sequence of our trailer. So we get uh, a trailer, and then in this um, you know panel video they did, they showed the opening sequence to the movie um, because nothing's better than seeing the first two minutes of a movie that you don't already care about anyway. Um, and this movie opens with a voiceover narration of somebody telling Native American mythology about bears. You've got two bears inside of you, one good, one evil, always fighting for you. First um, of minor. Yeah. Out now. Right? Yep. <laughs> Go pick it up. Um, Holden, you can find us on Spotify. Yeah, Apple, Spotify, Apple, Apple Google, Google, uh, all that Google stuff. Play, all that stuff. Um, Bears. But Bears. The, last, the last thing I have to Beats say about Bears. this, and then we can move on to the next one, <laughs> is uh, the opening sequence, even with the trailer blended in, reminds me a lot of Brightburn, yeah. uh, which is a movie about a superhero kid that's actually really hard to root for because he sucks, but the people around the superhero kids suck even more. Mm. Um, so really, you just kind of want the movie to end. True. Yeah. New Mutants, everybody. Supposedly coming August 28th. <laughs> Even the cast isn't sure it's going to hit the release date. <laughs> did you watch Did you watch the 30-minute uh, interview? That's yeah, that? I'm honestly waiting to find out what they're going to blame it on this time. The yeah. cast The cast of this, of this during the entire time were like very visibly like, this movie also may not come out on August 28th. This, this time per- it'll be because of Corona, though. We swear. It's, it's been delayed four times, right? Yes. Yeah. It's the, at this point, this is the perfect movie to release on VOD. It's true. Because yeah. even if theaters were open and Corona wasn't a thing, I don't think anyone's going to see this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think that's the case. Uh, next up, we've got some stuff that's getting ready to come to uh, home video. Um, Festron Video has announced a uh, recut of Little Monsters and Shivers that will be, both be coming to Blu-ray. Little Monsters, which is... Um, it's one of my favorite movies yeah, as a kid. Yeah, a lot of people really love that film. I think it's like the one of those like uh, stop gaps for young horror fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I used a to, lot of people say that this was the movie that like, I, bridged like, the gap. I honestly had kind of forgotten about this movie. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as I saw just that clip, or the... Um, screen cap mm-hmm. of them there. You were just, just like, like, yes. I was like, absolutely. And then I was like, I used to bounce between this and the witches back and forth over and over yeah. again yeah. when I was growing up. Uh, so Little Monsters has its special features outlined. Uh, audio commentary with editor-in-chief of CultMonster.com, an isolated score selection, um, an interview with Howie Mandel, an interview with Andrew Lick, uh, an interview with uh, Robert Short, who was the special makeup makeup effects creator for the film. Um, let's see what else. Interviews with Fred Savage, Ben Savage, uh, Robert Short, do- uh, director Richard Allen Greenberg, behind the scenes footage, uh, Making Maurice, which is video footage of Howie Mandel's makeup transformations, which actually could be pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Um, vintage EPK and VHS promos, theatrical trailer, and a still gallery. Shivers will also have audio commentary by David Cronenberg. 
Um, an interview with writer and director David Cronenberg, an interview with actor, actress Lynn Lowry, um, an interview with Joe Blasco. Uh, let's see what else. Archival uh, interviews with Cronenberg, still galleries, theatrical trailers, and all the other good stuff. It looks like a lot of fun. I really particularly like the uh, what they did with the cover of Shivers, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. It's quite striking. Reminds me a lot of um, Slither. Mm-hmm. In terms of the way that that was presented, uh, could be fun. Glad all this stuff's coming to home video because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Uh, Hitchcock <laughs> Classics Collection is coming to 4K Ultra HD in September with Psycho Uncut for the very first time Woo-hoo. in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, the uncut version of Psycho really doesn't have a lot more, so I'm not really sure how big of a deal that is in it uh but uh anybody who's a huge fan of wanting to watch hitchcock mm-hmm. in super hd that seems weird it does seem very weird <laughs> it's, it's not, not just grainy. me it's if not, it's just not me. grainy and kind of run down i don't want it i, I don't want it <laughs> <laughs> this, this is why you don't watch porn in 4k uh, yeah, yeah that's true there's a lot of razor burn <laughs> there's a lot of razor burn in 4k porn just going to throw that out there. Mm. Uh, for starters, the set will be released on sub- September 8th, 2020. The four-disc collection uh, will contain Rear Window, Vertigo, Psycho, The Birds, uh, and that's it, actually. I thought this was supposed to be all of them. Oh, no, this is, I guess it's just one collection. Um Anyways, these are the classics. Yeah, yeah I guess they're the ones that pretty much everybody cites as the go-to. As the go, yeah. Uh, the real window films. might be like the least known out of the four. Of them. Really, you think so? Yeah. Like if you ask somebody, like, I, and, I and, would... and not not necessarily a horror fan, just like ask somebody if they know Alfred Hitchcock and name some of his movies. I would say Vertigo would be the least known. I think one. people would say Vertigo before Rear Window, but I, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, 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 Obviously, I would... Psycho and the Birds are the two <laughs> yeah. that everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally think everybody knows Rear Window, but ver- yeah, I would say probably Vertigo over. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's it fun if you're into it. Check yeah. it out. There's a plethora of special features as well. So many special um, features. A ton of them. So you will have nothing to 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 keep you short of being entertained once that collection comes There's out. There's like 40 of them. Plus. There's a ton. There's a fucking ton. Uh, and then the big gaping fucking just just this so came I, in like a fist. I found it's out just, about this. Just, what? I found out about this. I think like a day or two before you happened across it, and I just it like I saw it because somebody on Twitter posted about it, right. and I, it completely slipped my mind to even like <laughs> text you about it. I fucking about lost my shit and immediately put... I texted my wife and I was like, you're going to see a $160 charge on the credit card and you're just going to have to accept it. And she was like, we just bought a house. And I was like, I know, you're just going to have to accept it. Yeah, which means your credit score doesn't matter anymore. You've already bought the house. Uh, and, and so she reluctantly accepted it because I had already made the purchase at that point. <laughs> But uh, Scream Factory has officially announced that they're releasing a 12-film, 16-disc Friday the 13th complete collection to Blu-ray on October 13th, 2020. The collaboration with Paramount Studios and New Line Cinema is going to be uh, coming here to the States via Scream Factory. And uh, holy fucking shit, if it doesn't have a ton, and I mean a fucking metric ton. 
ton of special features. Every disc has like ten of its own. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, what I would give for them to do something like this with with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Mm. But disc one and two are Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, discs one. And two are both dedicated to the very first film. <laughs> Disc three is uh, Friday the 13th part two, and it goes on sequentially from there. But then on top of that, once the series ends, once we get Jason X and the reboot of, uh, oh, Friday, Friday vs. Jason is also included in this. Mm-hmm. So they're really just like all of it. Every fucking possible thing that Jason's ever been in, minus his, his, his TV show that he wasn't actually in, uh, you get extra bonus discs. Uh, there's two of them. D- disc 15 <laughs> has interviews <laughs> with... Uh, these are, these are just bonus things that have interviews with Harry Manfredi, uh, featurettes on parts one and two, uh, a... And some of these are really extensive. There's an eight-part featurette uh, called the Friday the 13th Chronicles. The Secrets Galore Behind the Gore, which is a three-part featurette. Uh, <laughs> just Jesus Christ. Tales from the Cutting Room Floor. Friday the 13th Artifacts and Collectibles. Uh, Q&As with a whole bunch of different Jason actors. And then Disc 16 has Scream Queens, which is a horror heroines exposed. It came out in 2014, which includes interviews with Adrian King... Wonderful woman, Adrian King. Uh, Melanie Kinnaman, uh, Slice and Dice, a trailer reel, uh, TV spots for uh, the 2009 release of Friday the 13th, and uh, an EBK for the 2009 release of Friday the 13th. Uh, it's currently retailing for $159.98, and I would get out there and purchase immediately if you're interested because there's only 13,000 of these units being made. It also includes a 40-page collectible essay booklet with archival still photography and even more that hasn't been announced yeah. yet. <laughs> I did notice that. They're like, and more to be announced. What like, else can you possibly put on here? Like, I don't know. Like, ah, God. I just keep cramming it in, Scream Factory. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm fucking ready. Apparently the poster, the poster and lithograph offer uh, for pre-order has sold out. Oh, has it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Only they only did 1,313 of those. Oh no! Then they increased it to seven thousand, and that sold out. Oh no! <laughs> so since they're only doing thirteen thousand of these, there's less than six thousand still available. Yeah. So I'd get out there and get it if you're interested, because this is this is going to be the definitive collection of this. Um, the last time that we got a Friday the Thirteenth collection, it was bare bones, pretty much just the films. With some stuff that was out on the, some of the DVD releases, mm. but not nearly as extensive as this. Yeah. Right. Um, if you're a fan of the series, if you're just a fan of horror in general, I would I would suggest picking this one up. It's definitely going to be a collector's. It does item look amazing. And it's ten dollars a DVD. Yeah. Ten dollars. That's pretty a reasonable DVD. when you factor it in like that. Uh, next up, we've got some Vigi news. We're going to go through this real quick. The Dying Light DLC Hell Raid has been delayed. Until uh, August, um, if you're looking forward to that, it does look like it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's giving me an interest in reinstalling Dying Light to see what that is going to be all about. Um, I also kind of just want to reinstall Dying, Dying Light because I'm hyped for two, and I don't think that game's ever going to come out at this point. <laughs> um, and then finally, Hideo Kojima is talking about teaming up with Junji Ito. Um, those who remember the PT stuff that came out, uh, God, what, 2014, I guess? It was yep. like closer to the beginning of the PlayStation 4 era. Um, before things went south between Kojima and Konami, um, he was working on a rebooted 
um, version of Silent Hill called Silent Hills. And they released a demo, a tech demo called PT. And this thing came out and blew everybody's pants off because it was fucking terrifying and genuinely good. It was like, <laughs> I was like, gotcha, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Konami was like, no. <laughs> and that all backed out, and, and Silent Hills was no more. But uh, Junji Ito, who has done some of the most terrifying mangas out there, um, is teaming up with, with Kojima on this on some unknown project. Uh, and and th- even the fact that that is something that is being talked about right now is really just giving yeah. me just... <laughs> Just very high hopes. Between that and the fact that, you know, basically Kojima could probably pretty much just be like, hey, I'm going to take all the ideas that we did with PT that I couldn't use and, and, show them hills and just cram them in here with Ito's art direction and some of his ideas, and we probably are sitting on a masterpiece. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. Also, I looked up, uh, so a while ago, PlayStation Network pulled PT off of the store, so you can no longer download download that game. Mm-hmm. People are selling their PS4s with PT on it for thousands of dollars. Oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> on eBay, wow. I'm very tempted because once you delete it, you can't you can't download it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still have it on my PS4. Dude, sell it. <laughs> Fuck it. Thousands of dollars, you said. It covers the cost of your uh, Friday the Thirteenth box set. Yeah. It does, and then some. Hmm. Yeah, you can buy like seven more. Hmm. hmm. And then we can sell those for thousands of dollars. Maybe. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. That wraps things. Oh, never mind. We got now, Corona cancellations. We got some Corona also. cancellations. And I'm going to speed through this just to save us a little bit of time. All I'm right, also going to run straight into the now slang because I'm okay. trying to play it together. All right. Uh, so, Corona cancellations. Paul W.S. Anderson's video game adaptation of Monster Hunter has been delayed. Mm. Originally scheduled to release September 4th. It's mm. now been moved to April 23rd. Happy birthday to me of next year. Or happy early birthday to me. Um, It's got a ridiculous cast for an action movie. Uh, Mia Jovovich, Tony Jaa, T.I., Megan Good, uh, and Ron Perlman are all in it. Um, Also, he, uh, Anderson says that uh, the monsters are truly uh, monstrously large. 50 to 60 feet tall. Uh, They're really amazing. Building them in even more detail than the dinosaurs of Jurassic World. And they look even better because we shot on real locations in South Africa and Namibia which gives the animator something to really match into real wind, real dust, real sun flare. The monsters are the only CG thing in there. Hmm. Uh, an additional cancellation, uh, The Conjuring 3 officially bumped. Uh, the Devil Made Me Do It has been knocked out of its September 2020 slot and getting shoved all the way to June 4th of next year. Uh, the next one to get the hook <laughs> is A Quiet Place Part 2, which got bumped from April 23rd, uh, or got bumped to April 23rd of next year, a full year after its initial release date. Um, but also just in time for my birthday. And uh-huh. lastly, Antlers, which I know has already Damn been it. delayed <laughs> once, uh, which we were all pretty sad about. This one is one. See, this could just get on yeah. VOD. Right? Like, this what is the fuck? Perfect this for is that. perfect for that. Just yeah. let us watch it. Just let us watch Antlers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, this one finally has a new release date because once it got bumped, they didn't say when. It's now slated for February 19th of 2021. Um, so on to the now slang real quick uh, because we're doing this bi-weekly I'm going to change up the format a little bit it's going to be what came out last week and what is coming out next week from the date of the episode mm. uh, so you have something to catch up on plus something to look forward to and mostly I did it to include one movie this week mm. um, so with what's already out on Shutter, we've got uh, the Norwegian film Lake of Death where a year after her twin brother mysteriously disappears Lillian and friends head to an old family cabin to say their goodbyes but soon after they arrive eerie and gruesome events begin to occur and as the lines between reality and Lillian's nightmares blur, she must fight 
both for an external and internal struggle to stay alive. Is a horrific local legend becoming reality, or is the real enemy among them? Um, also on Shudder, we've got one called Impedigor, uh, an Indonesian flick which tells the story of a woman who returns to her home village only to find out the whole village has been searching for her all along, thinking she is responsible for a curse. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, outside of Shudder, uh, we've got, uh, these are the top ones to keep track of, uh, Blood Vessel, because Nazis on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic with Romanian artifacts, uh, Framed, a Spanish horror film where an app that allows anyone to stream online from any mobile device with no censorship or oversight, uh, where participants are willing to do anything for an audience takes place. Oh. Um, have you guys watched Guns Akimbo yet? I have mm-hmm. not. I really want to see that. It Is was it, fun. It was fun, it? but that's kind of the same premise. Okay. Uh, and the last one that's already out is The Rental, which has been getting a lot of good press. It's Dave Franco's it new movie. It has been getting a lot of good press. Um, so keep an eye on that. And it's got Alison Brie. Uh, but coming up, there's only one movie this week that really needs people's attention. Deep Free Deep Sea! Deep Blue Sea 3. I didn't even know this was a thing. And I just watched Deep 2 Deep 2 Sea. I just watched that one a week ago, and whoo! Boy, that was one movie. Was it? Um, was it? Oh, it was. was it? it was definitely a movie. Um, <laughs> well, I watched that just in time because here we fucking go. In this guaranteed Oscar-winning movie, Dr. Emma Collins and her team are spending their third summer on the island of Little Happy, studying the effect of climate change on great white sharks who come to the nearby nursery every year to give birth. Along with the last two inhabitants of this former fishing village, their peaceful life is disrupted when a scientific team led by her, led by In her quotes, ex, for some reason, <laughs> yeah, quote unquote scientific. scientific. I bet he doesn't wear a mask. Uh, <laughs> led by her ex boyfriend and marine biologist Richard, show up looking for three bull sharks who we soon learn aren't just any bull sharks. Now, I do believe this movie is supposed to be a direct sequel to Too Deep to See because. Ooh. Those are bull sharks in that one, not great whites. Okay. Um, but this movie comes out on Tuesday, July 28th. And by August 1st, I can guarantee that I will have watched this movie at least twice. Okay. Right. okay. I wonder what the song's going to be. <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> My head's like, like a shark. <laughs> there we go. Oh, oh, deeper, bluer. <laughs> I heard that on the radio a little while ago. Did you really? Yes. I can't believe that song actually gets radio played. Dude, that's it. what really I fucking blows me away. It. I love it. That's what really blows me away. All right, you guys ready to talk about The Legend of the Muse? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. Alright, tonight's main event is Legend of the Muse, or The Muse, or Muse. One of those three. (laughs) Uh, It stars Riley Egan as Adam. Ellie Evans as uh, Lanon C. Shay? Shay? Is that how you say it? Lan- uh, Lanon Lan- Shay? Lanon Shay. Yeah. Uh, Kate Mancy as Maria, who I swear to God I have seen in something she else. She really But familiar. I looked through her IMDb and I could not pinpoint. Uh, there was one that was, she said she was in How I Met Your Mother and I was like, maybe I from that? I think that's probably where I remember her from, mm-hmm. but I don't know anything else that she's Yeah, seen. other than that, she's been in like Days of Our Lives and I never watched <laughs> that. Uh, but she looked very fucking familiar to me. Uh, Max Decker as Hector, who also looked very fucking familiar to me. Uh, Jenny Fawn as Valerie. Phil Abrams as Lance and uh, Lou Ferrigno Jr. as Jason Block, whose name is oddly missing from the 2020 entry 
for this film, but it's in the 2017 entry of this film. Hmm. Weird. It is weird. Because it's very clear they're the same actor. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not on the 2020 IMDb. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, guys, Bludgeon and the Muse. It's the first feature-length film by director John Burr. Also going by Muse, the film looks like it was actually uh, released in 2017, then picked up for distribution and renamed Legend of the Muse in 2020. Uh, but my favorite title comes from an IMDb user calling it The Attack of the Hateful Violent Forest Groupie. <laughs> I think that is a very fitting name for this film. It seems extremely fitting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, starring Riley Egan, Ellie Evans, Kate Mancy, and uh, Lou Ferrigno Jr. The film is an erotic thriller slash horror uh, that attempts to subvert the tropes of myth- mythological films, I guess, for the most part, sort of, but ends up kind of falling into the same ones. Uh, whether or not it manages to do so is obviously up for discussion. It's an interesting debut, uh, but parts I felt kind of dragged on. Did you guys get that I, at all? Yeah, I, yeah. Um, not that it was, like, overwhelming. I did watch this movie a couple times, and I wouldn't say that I found myself, like, bored with it. No. Um, but there were definitely parts where I was just like, mm, maybe we can kind of keep... We could have... He could have possibly kept the pacing of the film a little bit better, I think. Yes. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the main with the lead, though. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the acting and stuff here in a little bit. Um, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Did you guys think, feel like you knew where it was kind of going within the first half hour? I felt like I did, yeah. Did you, Sam? I had a general idea, um, and I compared this while watching it to like Bliss and Daniel isn't real, which I which is interesting because like I could see the Bliss analysis, the Daniel isn't real one. Honestly, that one kind of caught me off guard when you dropped that but I, I, the one that it was kind of reminding me of was devil's candy that's what i yeah okay um that's i just got very strong devil's candy vibes from these even though like with the original release of this film it would have been out right about the same time same as time, Devil. yeah i think devil's candy might have been 2016 but uh like a, a similar time point uh i don't know it's just interesting that you brought up Daniel wasn't real. Why did you choose? Why did you kind of latch onto that one with oh, your? Just because with both of them, like Bliss, you have you know the artist who's trying to find her like inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in the words of whoever wrote the dialogue for that movie, wound up being a fucking hot fucking mess. Yes. Um, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> um, Daniel isn't real though. I I, I figured Although like a lot of people really liked Bliss. Yeah, a lot of people just, really did like Bliss, and I don't get it. Um, did you have you seen that movie yet, Alex? Hmm. Um, It'd be interesting to see if if you do check it out on Shutter at some point. Yeah. Plus, you should. You should. I'm still pissed well, off that I actually paid for that movie on Amazon Prime. When it came to Shutter, like a week two later, days later, it showed up on Shutter. Fucking annoying. <laughs> um, but Daniel isn't real. I kind of got vibes from it like halfway through because I was like. Ah, she's she's not real. She's not a real thing. He's doing mm-hmm. all this shit himself. Mm-hmm. Kind of like and and so I mean, you take that idea and you go back to like Memento or Fight Club, and okay. it's a, that same kind of feeling where it's just like something's off here, and right, I think right, I know where right. this is going. And it, when you put it that way, it makes more sense as it, to why you it took another hour to get there. That one. Yeah. But it got to pretty much where I figured it was going. Okay, all right, that makes more sense. Uh, so the movie starts with two gruff-looking men who are changing a tire in an isolated backwoods area. Uh, 
I don't know. For reference sake, I couldn't find a name for him, so I'm just gonna call him Criminal One and Criminal Two. <laughs> that's just that's the way the way that's gonna be. Uh, the men clearly frustrated are seen bickering before a weird noise is heard off in the distance. One of the men, Criminal One, decides that he's gonna load a pistol and goes to investigate this bizarre sound. As he goes deeper into the woods, a ragged-looking man, uh, I kind of think along the lines of of Christian Bale and the Machinist. Yep. Um, just very emaciated and and. Holding a harmonica. Looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. I'm going to play you a song. <laughs> he spooks Criminal One pretty big time. And in a panic, uh, he, he discharges, the criminal discharges uh, his weapon at the emaciated man, striking him in the chest and killing him. Uh, so Criminal One looks kind of on in shock, right? He's mm-hmm. got this weird he's a weird looking guy in the first place, but uh, he has a very weird looking <laughs> weird look, look on his face once he shoots him. Uh he hears this swooshing sound, and then then a fast-moving woman kind of comes and impales him through the gut, pretty much killing him. We saw uh, see all that blood coming. Quick, yes. I will say um, the kills in this weren't weren't terrible. They were not the most gory <clears throat> things on the face of the earth, but they were nice, like kind of like dividers in between all the the background drama that was mm-hmm. going on. They were very bloody, considering you rarely. Got to actually see the kill. Yeah, yeah. That's it, true, it, yeah. A lot of it was done off camera yeah. for this film. Uh, but we got some pretty good aftermaths. I really particularly dug the one with the, uh, the um, what do you call it, superintendent? Yes. Bones were jumping yeah, out shit. That was a pretty good one. That was a pretty good one. Uh, so we cut to our main character, Adam, who uh, has this strange tie to this woman that appeared out of nowhere in the woods and sees the attack through her eyes, but believes he's dreaming. So we see him like wake up from his work desk bench thing. I don't know. He's very, dest- he's, he's very destitute. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's he's a starving artist. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I understand. They make in it a very really, clear. really, in a really, really big studio apartment. Yes. Yeah. Very, which is supposed to be in the art district of L.A. Which right? probably goes like- for like. $7,000 a month. Which, I get it. I see why you eat ramen and, and have two shirts. Yeah. Maybe you should get a smaller place, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he kind of sees this all go, go on through this woman's eyes, and it turns out there there's... I don't know. She turns into the inspiration for this struggling artist's... Uh, do artwork we, going forward throughout the film. Do we get to see what he was painting before? No, right? No, not really. We we just see the it sketches kind very of very good. Yeah, <laughs> the sketches of his trees. Okay, the, but that the, that started like after he started dealing with this muse, right? Yeah. So where she is from the trees, right? Right, yeah. right. So we don't see like any examples of his work really before that. <laughs> it's shit work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just know that he's supposed to be struggling to kind of. It seems like he's got the talent, right? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have the motivation, maybe. Right. It seems His to be... His work probably doesn't seem very inspired. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's really good at just looking sad, like a, like he a needs to listen puppy throughout to... the entire movie. He reminds me a lot of like some of the, some of the guys I went to art school with yeah. in high school. And he just needs to listen to more like Taking Back Sunday or something. I don't know. Yeah. He needs bangs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He needs to paint his nails. <laughs> but only black. Oh, yeah. Obviously but, only black. But this guy, he walked around looking like a kick puppy. And he was he really good. really sad. He was really good at that. Yep. And I just didn't think he was that good in any at other anything capacity. Else. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
it, compared to his supporting cast, yes, which I thought there were there were some very standout mm-hmm. roles played in this film. Uh, it really emphasized the weaknesses in his acting, and I wish I wish they would have picked maybe somebody stronger in that yeah. role. Maybe he was the director's friend. It's possible. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to badmouth anyone. Gen- genuinely, I just I think so you I just don't think you're very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I appreciate I appreciate beginnings, but and you you were so good. He was so good in 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 looking like the kick dog. But yeah. Some of the other parts were kind of hard to believe with him kind of at the helm. The part that I really didn't buy is when he felt like king shit of fuck mountain after he had his he turns to the other artist and does like his full heel turn where he's like Sessions. if you need any advice man I'm always here I'm like I don't buy that go yeah. back to being sad and depressed and weepy yeah come uh, on emo boy and when he like sits down when he sits down uh, after like stepping up to those two thugs in the hallway we'll talk about the scene a little more in, yeah. in detail later he just sits down and he's like yeah i got it. he like fixes his jacket i'm just like like i just don't i can't believe him in that role no. uh, yeah. and so it kind of it kind of took me out of the turn that his character you know what it reminded to be me making of? spider-man 3 <laughs> yes yes dude that's yeah that's a very good when he when, when he does his fucking dance routine yeah. through new york city <laughs> It's the same type of thing. You have just you not, have you not, you not seen Spider Man Three. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, have you so really? That, that one's yeah. going way over your head. Who's Watch, dancing? It's Toby. Toby McGuire. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, when Toby. He has this. He, yeah, he died. He get, it bangs. Paints yeah. his fingernails black. And he gets like, like super fancy fucking dress clothes because he feels like he looks like really the front man of MCR for like for like the oh, fucking. Yeah. He's like he looks like Davy Hat. And then he yeah. dances. Yeah, he like dances through all of New York and like points at shit. Yeah, like there's a lot of pointing. Okay, like I genuinely like if you if you can pull it up on YouTube, just type in (laughs) Spider Man dancing. Okay, and I'm guarantee it'll be in the top five results. (laughs) I'm genuinely of the belief that Joaquin's Phoenix dancing performance was actually just him making fun of this movie, (laughs) (laughs) Joker. Like nobody can tell me otherwise. I won't stand for it. Uh, But yeah, that's that's such a good comparison because like it's. That's pretty much kind of how I felt throughout this. Like I, except it was just the exact opposite. I believe him as the emo. I don't believe him as the strong guy. Right. Um, which I think is fitting for the way that this film ends. Uh, I will say that. I will say that. Um, so <laughs> after we kind of wrap up the intro credits, we're introduced to this guy Hector, who's a who's a uh, Hispanic drug dealer slash gangster with a like a really bad fuck everything demeanor. Like this guy really. Is just such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 you see that pocket through. full of cash he pulled out, though? Yeah, dude. He blew smoke in his... And put the cigarette out into his shirt face. pocket. Yeah. He just tucked the cigarette into his shirt pocket. Oh, that's right. And it the was... super gave him no shit. No, no. he didn't. Because that super's a real big dick, too. Yeah. But fucking fuck the both of them. That's the other thing. Adam is surrounded by, like, literal pieces of shit. Yeah. Like, and I guess that's prob- probably, like, par for the course when you're, like... Struggling in LA, but like, damn. <laughs> Why you gotta be such a dick about it? Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. They, they were just really detestable characters. So I guess there's there's something to say about the way that they they acted it, though, right? Like, I really didn't like either of them on my screen, <laughs> <laughs> and it was because of the fact that like they were just assholes the entire time. Um, so <laughs> we're also introduced while after meeting Hector to to Adam's scummy landlord, who immediately extorts him for increased rent of. It's only it's only fifty dollars. Right. I mean, you if know. you rent seven thousand, what's fifty bucks? <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess so. 
Uh, this guy just, he's such a fucking dick throughout the entire, I, I actually like cheered when he fucking got his comeuppance later in the film. Yeah. I really didn't like this guy, but I, I thought he was genuinely good in the role. So I got to give him that. Uh, he was really good at playing a schmuck. <laughs> um, altogether, this paints a picture of Adam's life. It's definitely one of struggle and it's representative of what a lot, I, I, at least I'm, I'm led to believe that California based dream chasers yeah. deal with on the daily like i feel like that's probably a pretty accurate portrayal um anyways adam decides that he's gonna go be emo on the roof <laughs> he has another vision back, guys. yeah he has another vision this time it's 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 showing what you know happened to criminal two from the start of the film and as he snaps out of it he finds a crude sketch of a tree inside his sketchbook and is jolted by the sudden arrival of that son of a bitch, Hector, mm. who just comes and whispers sweet nothings in this man's ear. Hey, all you got to do, all you got to do is just drive for me. I drive. <laughs> I drive. Doesn't he have anyone else to ask? Uh, just, if you think, Hector, you think like, a guy like Hector has friends? He doesn't give you. a shit, dude. <laughs> Hector doesn't give a shit. The thing is, like, had he not get, gotten killed, I genuinely believe that Adam and Hector would have been friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like they were on the verge of a budding they relationship, were be best and it was just smashed into mm. the ground. <laughs> um, so he offers Adam this job to drive, and he says that he's going to uh, pay him really well, really well. And Adam notices that Hector has the tattoo of what was in his sketchbook on it. Yes, head. yeah, that's right. Um, so Adam's reluctant to take the offer. Um, but on the way down from the roof, he meets this girl, Maria, a neighbor of his, and I think it was the adjacent building, but I'm not, I think it, I think there are two buildings right next to each other. Okay. I couldn't tell if it was like one large building and they yeah. were connected somehow or if they were just adjacent buildings. They both look dark and creepy. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a little detail, but I, I, I don't know. I couldn't put it. You couldn't map it out. I couldn't map it out. I don't know what <laughs> you want. You want to see the me. fire escape picture they have by the elevator? <laughs> I need to see blueprints. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. Let me see the drawings, goddammit. <laughs> uh, she invites him to go to this gallery opening, and he accepts. Upon arrival, he quickly realizes that she's actually already in a relationship, um, and it's a pretty unhealthy one. Um, dejected, he turns around to leave, but he runs into the gallery owner named Valerie, and this is where she tells him that he needs to find his muse, although I'm not quite sure she meant it so literally. Mm. Sam's oh, we're... giving me this look. <laughs> we're going to go to Conspiracy Corner in a little bit when we talk about this. Sam is giving me this look. Uh, due to the sudden change in the tone of his night, Adam decides that he's going to say, screw it, and helps Hector with his, his driving problem. Um, taking him out to this wooded area to make some collections on owed drug money. But while Adam, while Adam, while Adam wants to pee, <laughs> but he doesn't know what. <laughs> uh, he waits in the car and he hears this noise, but he's he's unable to complete his investigation because Hector comes running out of the house screaming at him, Why Adam, get in the car! <laughs> um, as the two desperately try to drive off, they uh, run into a truck belonging to Hector's associates. They see the facade of a... Uh, I don't know. Well, she's like this beautiful... like Blonde forest. Yeah. yeah. But she's Nymph. nude, right? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, no, she's wearing like the... Ish- was she naked or was she wearing the same like white gown thingy she was wearing the whole movie? Oh. 
I think she was wearing that weird kind of like. Yeah, I mean, okay. she's pretty much naked in that though. There, it does not leave a whole but lot. But she gets to the more naked later. She does get. She more does naked. get more naked. But yeah, you're right. She doesn't start off totally nude. Oh, that's true. That's true. She has uh, a, her winter her outfit. But this scares the pants <laughs> off them, along with discovering the two dead. I guess Criminal they were associates. Yeah, they were they were associates of Hector's. Uh, Random harmonicas just laying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they they drive away in terror. And so the next morning, Hector creepily confronts Adam, uh, giving him several hundred dollars and threatening his life if he talks. Uh, Adam, he takes the money and he leaves the studio apartment. And Hector is outside smoking a cigarette and just happens to think that he sees this uh, wood creature mm-hmm. in his apartment. Yes. So he decides, all right, this is my time. This is where I'm going to shine. This is my moment. <laughs> I'm going to exercise what I'm good at, and I'm going to break into that motherfucker's apartment, and I'm going to find that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly and what And then we're going to have a really nice cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as he pushes through his home, shattering everything in his wake, the woman appears uh, out of nowhere, basically, and, well, rips him to shreds. Uh, yeah. Off screen, but lots of blood spray all over there's the place. Blood, yeah, there's the, spray, there's the noise. <laughs> uh, Adam comes home to discover the blood and Hector's remains. He also discovers this mysterious murdering woman, and to and the two immediately lock in this strange embrace. He's just like, "Yes, this is this it. is desirable to me." <laughs> yeah, I am attracted. This, to you this. did what I wanted to do, but I'm too small and emo to actually do. It's true. It's true. If only uh, I was Toby McGuire. So the bodies from here on out begin to pile up, as does Adam's fame as he continues to paint his visions of this woman. And I do want to say, whoever the set person was, um, awesome job with those paintings, because those paintings are pretty Those paintings dope. are great. I yeah, want they were one. Good. I want, were, yeah, there was like two or three of them that I was like, I'd love to have that in my I house. I would put that in my house. Uh, he's told by Valerie, the gallery owner. Valerie the gallery. I just realized that. Right. <laughs> Galleries, Val- Valerie's galleries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who happens to be Irish and knowledgeable of Celtic lore. Uh, that he discovered. Yeah, that he discovered his Lénanche. Uh, I keep saying it's like it's French or something. Lénanche. <laughs> I, I, think she, I think the way she pronounces it in the movie is Lénanche. 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 Lénanche, I think. Lénanche. And it begins to drip feed it. That's the only accent I'm good at, all right? <laughs> and you're not even that good. You're right. You're right. Uh, she begins to drip feed him the good parts of having, uh, or of being near such such a creature, I guess, uh, conveniently leaving out the bad until it's a tad too late for him to do anything about it. Uh-oh. Uh, so we dug up a history of the lore behind this cryptid, and we're ready to to dish out a history lesson. So are you kiddos? Are you yeah. guys kiddos ready to go? Let's learn! Take it away. So I'm going to try to stick to non-Gaelic words here because I can barely pronounce them. Um, you can't pronounce Lenoche. So that is the only word that I'm probably going to say. And even that, I'm probably going to skip over and just point to Palmer and let him do his weird version of it. All right. Uh, so this is a part of old Irish folklore depicted as a beautiful woman who's from the people of the Barrows who takes a human lover. Uh, the people of the Barrows are a supernatural race in Irish, Irish mythology and Scottish mythology, comparable to fairies and elves. They're said to live underground in fairy mounds across the Western Sea or in an invisible world that coexists with the world of humans, but that doesn't sound as poetic. So, this was apparently first popularized in the late 1800s by Jane Wilde in Ancient Legends, Mystic Charms, and Superstitions of Ireland. Uh, This figure has also been previously represented in other media, including video games such as Devil May Cry 3, 
the Megami Tensei series as a recurring character, various English and Irish poems and stories, modern fantasy novels, and has even been translated and adopted into manga. Um, now, there is a bit of a possible twist on this story. You don't want me to try to pronounce that, Sam? I mean, you can <laughs> if you want to. Go ahead. I think it's uh, Mahutsuke no Yomi. Yes. Mahutsakui. Sakai. I don't know, dude. This Nailed is, it. I'm afraid this is just going to get racist sounding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop. Nailed it. <laughs> so, oddly enough, it's something that seems to be a fairly standard mythological figure, at least, uh, you know, the the general notes kind of crossover. There's not a lot of information that I've at least found to be readily available. And before I lend too much credence to what I'm about to talk about, I want to make it clear that because I haven't been able to find much else that confirms any of this, uh, outside of this one source, um, take it as you will. Okay. So this one source that I did come across, though, uh, is from the author Brian O'Sullivan, who wrote... Uh, <laughs> so the old Sullivan. No, Sully. Oh, Sully. They really uh, knew about the Lenol shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he wrote a collection of short stories published in 2007 called Lan and She, the Irish Muse. Two years ago, though, he published a letter as a follow-up to this collection, in addition to all of the other writing that he's done since, uh, and ultimately calls bullshit on this and says it's made up by English romantic poets. Uh, here's the stripped-out rundown of his position regarding both the idea of the Lan and she as well as the English and, apparently, uh, his hot takes on Wikipedia. Ooh. Ooh, okay. um, so he says, There never was any such thing as a Lan and she, at least not in Ireland. The minimum of research reveals that the term was only ever used from the beginning of the 20th century, uh, mostly as a result of W.B. Yeats and his contemporaries. Uh, he says minimum of research. I did a lot of research on this, and I could barely find that, so I don't know what a minimum is for him. Um, but he goes on to say... Clearly more than what you did. <laughs> Clearly more than what I did. Um, but he says, in fact, the original concept of the Land and Shea is an English one based on the dark muse, an artistic conceit derived by romantic poets and artists. In England, during the late medieval period, it became quite fashionable for romantic artists to portray themselves as tortured individuals inspired to create amazing works of art by beautiful but fickle temptresses who often treated them badly. This conceit continued well into the 18th and 19th centuries, portrayed most famously through John Keats' La Belle Dame Sans Merci. Uh, Yeats, who was born 50 years after Keats' passing, was also a notable romantic poet, and given his situation where he was a frustrated celibate until his 30s, uh, and was very... Is that, is that just an incel? I was going to say, was he an incel? <laughs> <laughs> was Probably. He an, incel? Probably an incel before we knew what incels were. Yeah. Um, he was very taken by the whole concept of the dark muse. Like Keats, W.B. Yeats utilized a very romantic, if slightly misogynistic approach to women. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's incel. <laughs> Often placing them on an idealized pedestal and becoming infatuated to such an extent that any life after the end of the relationship had all the appeal of cold bone and ashes. It wasn't much of a stretch, therefore, for Yeats to extend this approach in his portrayal of his own idea of what a creative muse looked like. Never happier than when misrepresenting an Irish cultural concept for his own, <laughs> citing the Celtic Twilight by Yeats, uh, he decided to call this muse the Lan and She. Uh, unable to speak Irish, he had someone do a literal translation of Fairy Lover, which came out to land. Fairy Lover. Uh, in his infamously this, flawed book, You open fairy... up the cover and it's just the lyrics to Fairy Woods, or <laughs> Fairies Wear Boots. <laughs> <laughs> in his infamously flawed book, Fairy and Folk Tales of Ireland, Yeats went on to define said creature as follows. The land and she is uh, a spirit that seeks the love of men. If they refuse, she is their slave. If they consent, they are hers and can only escape by finding one to take their place. Her lovers waste away, for she lives on their life. Most of the Gaelic poets, down to quite recent times, have, have had a lawn and she, 
For she gives inspiration to her slaves and is indeed the Gaelic muse, this malignant fairy. Her lovers, the Gaelic poets, died young, and she grew restless and carried them away to other worlds, for death does not destroy her power. Oof. A lot of what Yates says is actually what we hear in the movie mm-hmm. and is what's also primarily listed on Wikipedia when you do a search for Lan and she. Okay. Uh, and this is where O'Sullivan continues to drag on, saying, uh, this is bullshit, and that Yates wouldn't have... <laughs> Yates would have recognized strong opinions on this. Right? <laughs> well, so I mean, remember, he wrote a book talking about the exact same thing, and then spent the next twelve years continuing to write about stuff like this and doing more and more digging and research. Right. So he's even going back and saying that he's kind of a dumbass. Um, but he says that Yates wouldn't have recognized a Gaelic poet if the latter had clobbered him with a giant bat engraved with the words "I'm a Gaelic poet." Uh, Yates subsequently went on to drag in other Gaelic unrelated cultural constructs, such as the banshee, with uh, erroneously portraying them with vampiric tendencies to align with his own ideas. Which is why you often will see many people mistakenly believing that the Lannanshee are some sort of Irish vampire. Uh, he says that it doesn't help that Yates' nutter misrepresentations are continually disseminated through the internet. Under Wikipedia, for example, um, which is the absolute maximum, he says, many bloggers will go to check their facts, uh, you'll find the following definition. In Celtic folklore, the Lan and She uh, is a beautiful woman of the Aoshi, which are the people of the Barons, who takes a human lover. Uh, they live brief, highly inspired lives, and the name comes from the Gaelic words for sweetheart, lover, or concubine, and the term for inhabitants of fairy mounds. Um, so who's right? Uh, is this true Irish folklore, or is it another logline in the long entries of wild shit between the English and the Irish? O'Sullivan himself tends to lean toward the latter, and closes his letter with the following. To be honest, I'm still somewhat embarrassed to have Lan and She in the title of my first book although the more recent version is simply titled The Irish Muse. That said, in comparison to the Wikipedia article, I feel that all my sins can be forgiven. There's hardly a single correct fact in the the Wikipedia summary, and yet, at the same time, there's something comically quaint about how the author's gone to such trouble to try to find Scottish and Gaelic and Manx Gaelic variations for the term Lan and She. Hmm. I'd go with the guy who calls bullshit on everything. <laughs> that seems like it's more up our alley. I like his, I like his style. It's, He's just denouncing his own work. I get it. That's fair. <laughs> it's, it's very. No easy one hates their own work more yeah. than than the artist. The right? artist. It's <laughs> kind of the whole point. Um, what if his land and she left him? Oh, and now he's just all buttered just, about yeah, it. Yeah, really bad. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. What if he is just channeling his inner Yates? Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Yates. I don't know that anybody wants to channel Yates after. Learning what we just learned. But hey, you know, you gotta start start somewhere, I guess. Uh, Adam begins to exploit this newfound power and uses it to kill some thugs that were looking for Hector and his landlord. Uh, it's during this point, not Hector and his landlord. He uses them to kill both <laughs> his landlord and these thugs. Uh, I just needed to clarify that because that's I, I realize now that I wrote that a little funky. <laughs> it's during this point where we uh, watch his character go from unsure loner to confident manipulative artist. Toby Maguire. Yes. Uh, just like I said, I just couldn't buy it. Uh, his work was blowing up, and he uh, has somebody that is literally willing to kill for him, but uh, he's got one loose end. His interest in Kate Mancy's character, Maria. Obviously, um. One beautiful woman with an insatiable obsession with him isn't isn't enough. No, he needs more. He needs more. He's a cool guy now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool guy have women fighting over them. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I. You know, I didn't have a problem with um, 
Kate Mancy in this movie. I mm-hmm. thought she did fine. I just really didn't like the character that she played. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just oh, felt like she was like... Ruby? Yeah, dude. I just feel like she... Uh, was she not an artist herself, though? No, no I, I think, think she was she just, just a groupie. Yeah, I think oh, okay. I, she just liked the artists. art world? Okay. Yeah. And specifically, artists that are assholes to her. Well, everyone likes... Well, no, she didn't. She the what's his face was an asshole. Or I guess he does like turn her down at the end of the thing. So, Wadham? Uh, yeah. No, Wadham. Yeah. Yeah, when Wadham turns into an <laughs> asshole, he's like, "I'll have I'll have my ghost lady murder all y'all, and <laughs> you can just call me Chad Thundercock." Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. I, I stole just... that name from the previous hot artist who was also named Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I have become the Thundercock. <laughs> I am the Thundercock. <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. There were just like it just really seemed like she was kind of a schmuck, right? Like she's like, "Yo, come to this art gallery with me," mm-hmm. like throwing throwing "I like you" vibes only to like. And I understand she was with some abusive douchebag and everything, right. but like only to get there and just immediately hop on the other guy's shoulder and like throw it in Adam's face. I mean, he did have some big shoulders. He did have some big, very large football player esque shoulders on a very thin frame of a man <laughs> who's really good at doing pouty face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I just, I don't know. I thought she was just a schmuck. I thought Maria was just a schmuck. Yeah. I really didn't like her as I had, a Yeah, I guess I had no strong feelings about her one way or the other. I didn't I, like her. I don't really like the fact that he's got his muse lady who's spent, I'm assuming there's like a week or there's, or this has been going on for multiple weeks at this point because there's no way he's made all those paintings in like three days. Okay. So you've got nah, dude. That's the whole like point of like being the muse, right? Like that you like feverishly work. I, once I don't think it's only been three days, but I don't think it's more than a week. Okay, so let's just say for a week. Okay, he's got this neighbor mm-hmm. who doesn't really seem to care too much about him and has an abusive boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Right. On the flip side, he's got this muse of his that literally just she does three things. She walks around his house naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has sex with him all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And she kills anyone he wants. True. Or anyone who's, like, mean to him. Yeah, so why does he still have an interest in this neighbor at this point? Because I don't think that the muse actually talks. Yeah, I think oh, so Adam think he... wants some good conversation. <laughs> he needs someone to talk to. He needs to. a conversation. She doesn't speak any words. She never got that SAG card. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have any words. Um... Yeah, I don't know. But like the other thing is like, does she is she ethereal? Like, does she exist? Like, she seems to be able to like poof in and out of the apartment. Like, is she just always there, or does she just only appear? I feel like she's always there. But like, just like hiding in the in my mind, she's just like really creepy. Hiding in the corner. Yeah, I feel like she probably sits at like in a chair. Just like in a room somewhere. Yeah. Like that one guy from the no, IT she just, crowd that she just, just is in the closet all the time. Yeah. But she just sits cross-legged on a floor in the middle of the room. Yeah. And just stares at the door. Yes. Or like just stares into nothing. See, I feel like that should have been included in the film. That <laughs> like, would have made she, it a little more creepy. What is she doing? <laughs> that would have made it a little more creepy. Um, she just faces the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can kind of see where it's going from here on out, right? We've got like a fil- a, a guy who's being corrupted by some newfound absolute power and is being thrusted into the spotlight. And he's got this girl who he wants to have but can't get. Mm. And then we've got dead bodies piling up left and right. And also a woman who's always in his apartment killing people. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and so it's not until the night of his premiere when Valerie gives him 
uh, the negatives of his association with the Lenanche, uh, that he realizes that he might be in danger. She tells him that artists associated with this being uh, produce great works, but they die very quickly. She says this poem. She says, her spell shall flourish with thy art. Her song shall bind your human heart, I think is what is supposed to be at the end of that. I didn't write that in the script, though, but I'm pretty sure heart and art were where that was going. I feel like it would have to be. Otherwise, this is a really shitty poem. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, if you have had a chance to meet her face, her hold shall be your last embrace. Who just goes around quoting poetry? This Valerie's gallery. Did she just know that? Like, uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, she's just... the one Irish person in this movie. <laughs> she it knows everything so. about Irish folklore um, and at, poetry. Yeah. You would imagine this woman would own a bookstore, maybe? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam heads home, and Maria decides she's not going to be cooped up anymore post breakup with her ex and brings a bottle of wine over to Adam's house. Adam doesn't immediately answer, so she just goes into his apartment to, like, her land, like his landlord did. Yeah, everyone's just like this door's broken. We're just gonna walk in. Because right? Hector broke it, and Adam was like, "Well, I don't have any money, so I'm not getting that." Fixed. But here's some money, guy. He, he clearly pulls out a wad of cash that he got. Yeah, from but Hector. he had to spend it on paint. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. Paint is expensive. Paint is expensive. Paint is especially if he's using oil paint. Yeah, which it does look like. And you got to prime it too, so it doesn't mm. like rot the canvas. And we see at the start he's like building his own canvases, which is cheaper than buying, but that shit still costs money. Yep, that is true. Hmm. Hmm. Lots of lots of angles to consider. So many, so many expenses. <laughs> uh, so like I said, she kind of just goes in the apartment looking for him. He tells her. You know, you gotta leave. You gotta go. You gotta get going. This isn't a safe place for you. My invisible she, lady friend ain't gonna be happy. She's gonna... yeah. She uh uh basically is like, nah. I'm I'm just gonna keep talking to you. I'm gonna ignore the fact that you're trying to get me out of your apartment and mm-hmm. that I just walked in and and now you're telling me to leave and I'm just gonna stay here and talk to you some more. And and just as this happens, her ex shows up out of nowhere. And it's like, yo, what the fuck? What are you guys doing together? Yeah. And then he grabs the wine bottle no. and breaks it against the side of the table. Alcohol abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, he dies. But while it looks initially like the the muse is what killed him, suddenly we cut to Adam holding a bloody palette knife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so now the film is just like throwing this curveball mm-hmm. at you from this point on, being like, "Is is this all in his head? The power was inside him all along." Yeah. Uh, and I just, uh, I don't know. I feel like because the rest of this film is quite literal, that this was an unnecessary thing to try to cram in. Yeah. Why can't? Um, yeah. But it is. I mean, it's there. I guess it kind of tries to throw you off the scent. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I just I felt like it was unnecessary because then all of a sudden we've got. But I guess it it serves as the plot point for the next encounter with Valerie and all that other stuff. But that feel I feel like that's all it does is it's just conveniently there to serve as like a quick plot point. Yeah, yeah. he has like a little menti like a little mini mental breakdown. Yeah, uh, and which then it's like, is oh, understandable. Yeah, which yeah. is understandable when you've got like this girl just killing people around you. I get it. Yeah, you should or have a mental breakdown. Killing people or, around yeah, you. That you think that you're killing people. Uh, so Valerie arrives at Adam's house. 
after becoming concerned with his well-being, she tries to tell him uh, that the Irish muse isn't real, that it's all in his head. I lied to you! <laughs> I know, right? But there was a poem and everything. <laughs> and she tells him about a boyfriend that she loved desperately back in Ireland that uh, she went through a similar set of circumstances with and how he actually just kind of lost himself in his delusions. But uh, Adam's like, no, you don't, you don't get what's going on here. It's real. It's real. That shit's real. Uh, while this is going on, Maria is being chased by the Lenanche, and she's uh, being chased out of her apartment and into a storage area of the building. Uh, like I said, trying to s- still figure out whether or not this is <laughs> one building or two separate buildings, but she's in one building, and he's possibly in another building. But still, they're going to find each other before anything terrible happens, because um, that's Cinema. the way it plays out. <laughs> <laughs> um Valerie sees, as a result, they, they, they meet each other in this, this warehouse, and Valerie sees that the uh, Lanoche is, in fact, real. And uh, Adam's forced to kill her in order to save Maria. Adam and Valerie basically load the corpse of this, this muse into the car and take it back to where it came from, but in the woods where Adam uh, first heard her sounds with Hector. He ultimately decides that he's going to stay with her, reviving the Lanoche from the wounds and binding the two together until assuredly she sucks the life out of him and continues the cycle. Which we learned through a deleted scene is actually the way that the film yes. ends like post credit there was mm-hmm. a post credit scene. This time here. this time it's a writer. Yes. Yeah. So that Valerie can close her art gallery and open up her bookstore and tell more poems. <laughs> tell more tell more poems. <laughs> so real quick, we got some talking points because we are on, unfortunately on a little bit of a time crunch for this week's episode. Yeah, so I'll blaze through this real quick. Uh, this is a two-parter. One is Conspiracy Corner, uh, where I think that the land and she's not real. I think Valerie is the actual muse. Plants this shit in Adam's head, who is a psychologically damaged, broke-ass emo art boy who's got a mental disorder. Uh, with this, the typical art school ideas. I'm going to move to L.A. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make something. I'm going to show my dad. Uh-huh. Um, and then Valerie is a real muse because she's the one that points to our emo boy in the right direction of finding a muse. She's the one that tells the story originally. She says the poem, which I think is like a spell that she puts on him. Then she tries to say that it wasn't fucking real and I had a relationship back in Ireland and conveniently he went crazy, not me. He got lost in his delusions and he's probably fucking dead and buried in the woods now. Um, <laughs> Sam, you really thought this one out, man. You're, all right. She's, she's the one that shows up when the reveal happens yeah. and she's the one that drives him out to the woods. And the yeah. reason why I think Adam's dead is I think Adam was actually chasing... Uh, the other girl, Maria, mm-hmm. through the other apartment building, and uh, Valerie kills him uh, and takes the body out. Because when we when we see at the closing credits, um, Valerie drives back up. Maria is like standing outside or whatever, smoking a cigarette or something, mm-hmm. and she looks at the driver's seat and it's empty. I think Adam got killed by Valerie, and now she's just looking for someone new. And I think that because we don't have the original post credit sequence of the writer in the woods, I think Maria's up next, and I think Valerie's going to use a little her, les- her lesbian muse powers on her and lesbian turn her into her own artist. <laughs> she will become her own artist, and then she will fuck herself to death. Hmm. I took this movie so much more literally than you yeah. did. <laughs> I think I think somehow you managed to create another movie out of this movie. Yeah, I'm like what movie were you watching? <laughs> <laughs> um 
So the one thing that I kind of want to ask you guys before we call it quits is what decision would you have made if you were in Adam's shoes? Uh, would you have stayed with the cryptid or would you have gone to be with Maria? Do Maria, I have to pick Maria. either of them? <laughs> Can I just I go? Would've, I would have gone with the cryptid. I want to go back to being just Wadam. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like I would have gone back to being the, with the cryptid too. I think I think would have been like, yeah, seemed like they were fun. working out great with the cryptid. <laughs> yeah. He's just gonna die early on though, right? Yeah, he left a great legacy. Did behind. you see what was in his apartment? Say. Did he really have that much to live for? But what for? is he supposed to go mm. do in the forest? Just hang out? Yeah, just just fucked to death. I don't know. <laughs> I think I would probably be with the forest creatures I on would... the fairy mounds. No, thank you. It's I like would... that one episode of Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> My body is bruised and beaten, but the soul is willing. <laughs> Adam wants snoo snoo. <laughs> <laughs> My soul is like bruised and battered, but my body is willing, or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I would not go back with her. <laughs> just, just would you just? You never would have left the rooftop. No, you would still would... be sitting on the rooftop, <laughs> drawing into your little sketchbook. Yep. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's like, what did Hector ask for? It's like a week ago, right? Yeah. I wonder if he still needs a ride. Uh, I'm sure he got one. It's all right. <laughs> you would have been a much different story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's fuck. like a 13 minute movie. Roll credits. So real quick, I actually thought the direction in this uh, was pretty pretty well done. Yes. Um, the the shots were great. Uh, I enjoyed some of the ways that he kind of set up scenes. Uh, especially the use of camera angles and stuff. I really enjoyed all of that. Um, I think from that perspective, the movie was actually quite well done. Mm. How did you guys feel about it? I would agree. Yeah, I think the set design was great. You really uh, did yeah. get the the feeling of like a you know sad artist apartment. It seemed right. very like isolated. It's just a really really large sad artist it is, apartment. But yeah. like, he seemed very isolated. And I think that. Yeah, I think I, I, that's definitely what they're going for. Yeah, and they did a good job with that. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think uh, moving on to acting, I think everybody was pretty good, minus Riley Egan. He just came with too hard of too much of like a red shoe diary, like. <laughs> oh, like <laughs> wow. Like that's like that's what he watched to prepare for this. He only and, like, watched Red Shoe Diary <laughs> for like weeks. <laughs> He's like David to come me. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not X Files. Red. Shoe Diaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought everything else or everyone else was quite good. Uh, I particularly enjoyed Phil Abrams as Lance. He was really good. Uh, I liked the uh, the super. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Phil Abrams. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, he seemed yeah. just greasy enough to be like the right, right super for right. the building. Yeah. And I would like to see Jenny Fon and more stuff too. I thought she was quite good. She mm-hmm. did. She was. She was the owner of Valerie's Valerie's Gallery. <laughs> Bookstore coming soon. Did she have an Irish accent? Yes. Yeah, she did. I did not notice. Yeah, it was subdued. It was subdued. It, it was right. there. Okay. It was there. Uh, sound and production I think this was the first film that no. Dark Coast has sent to us that has actually been really good I can hear it all finish, Dude, it was great finish, it was great uh, I didn't have to keep turning quality. it up and turning it down yeah. Dark, Dark Coast slash Tri-Coast whichever one you are uh, if and when you actually listen to this thank you for sending it to us and also if you'd like to please send us some of those paintings if you happen to send <laughs> yeah, they were fucking yes. they were great they were great uh, really enjoyed the production values and everything out of honestly uh, I I'd give this a three. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was going to uh, give it a three and a half. Okay. I was going to go three and a quarter. Okay. Okay, so three and a quarter. Three and a quarter is what it is. Yeah, I thought it was a good movie. I, th- I enjoyed it. Um, 
Definitely had, like I said, some slower parts, but overall I think it was a pretty well done erotic thriller. If you look at it from that perspective yes. and don't expect it to be like a true like horror film, mm-hmm. um, I think I think it was quite good. I don't I think it was missing a little bit of of the only thing that I can think of was really just like the heart. Like I didn't really feel for the main character uh at any real point in the film, which yeah. I think is the yeah. only thing that this is really lacking. Otherwise, I think mm-hmm. it was a pretty pretty well done thriller. It's competent. Definitely. It was. Yeah. I mean, if he's supposed to, if he's going to go into the forest at the end, anyways, maybe we're not really supposed to feel anything for him. Yeah, no, I, and maybe that's the takeaway of this. And like I said, I don't. I obviously, I'm not the director. I don't know yeah. what his true intentions. Like were, he kind of but... seemed like a piece of shit too. Right. right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who the director? Don't no, say that. no, no, not the director. <laughs> <laughs> no, the main character. Yeah, he was. Everybody in this movie just kind of came across as like kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, maybe. The director just really doesn't like people from Los Angeles. Maybe. I, you know what? I can't say I blame him. <laughs> maybe he got bullied by art kids. Maybe he maybe, did get bullied by art maybe, kids. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so there you have it. This week was was quite, kind of tight. We're missing on a couple things, but Alex... Alex. Yes. I love you. I love you. Can we can we can we move your birthday antics to next week? Are you gonna yeah. be okay with that? I'll be fine. Will well, you two forgive weeks. me? Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah. I well well it it's gonna be fun. Okay. I promise you it will be fun. We just <laughs> don't have time to tackle that's it. That's totally fine. Alright. Other than that, everybody, follow us on all the regular social medias. At Terror Impognito. Terror. <laughs> Valerie's Galleries. <laughs> we should just change it to Valerie's Galleries. Uh, at Terror Impognito across pretty much every platform that you can think of. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Um, follow us on Instagram. Uh, you can follow us individually on Palmer at Sturmsworth on Twitter. I'm Alex at A Looters. I'm Sam at Sam Heaves. Uh, until next week, uh, we'll, we'll announce what. I think what the way we're going to handle social media is like. I will, in one week's time after the release, mm-hmm. announce what the next the movie next is going to be. Yes. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have some, some fun with Alex's birthday next week. Until then. Keep it creepy. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening.